Yo, it's your girl Lanaya here, and we are back at it again with another episode um, with season two of the Yorong Sir podcast. I missed you all a lot. I know I took uh, quite a bit of a break. What was the last episode we uploaded was November. What was Thanksgiving? The 26th, right, Jalen? Something like that. 26th, yep. Yeah, but I haven't done one in a while, um, so I'm just super excited. Just wanted to take a break, refresh, and most importantly, gather myself um, to accumulate some good topics and, and just backtrack and think about some things that I want to talk about. Um, what do I want to do? And actually just allow for there to be accumulation of things to happen. You know, the new preseason, NBA draft. But before we get into all of that, I have to introduce my guest. What is this, three times? This will be the third time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, three. It'll be three times. Yep. Three. Yeah, this is three because we did Magic City. Lou Williams, and then we did um, your your testimony about being at school, and then now this is our third one together. So without further ado, I am going to introduce my three-time appearance guest, the one and only Jalen Boyd. Welcome back. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I think I'm starting to become my favorite you know, guest, so that's why she keep inviting me on here, y'all. <laughs> I think I'm always, that... I'm always here to help. Right. I think that a lot of people may be like, dang, Jalen has been on three times or whatever. Um, besides being somebody who I'm close to, uh, we always have these conversations outside of the microphone. Like this is casual things we text about and talk about. Um, so this is kind of like natural for both of us just to be having these conversations. It's just us sitting in front of a microphone. Um, and I trust Jalen's input. So definitely a person that I just, you know, love having basketball conversations with and discussing sports so that's why he's our three-time guest um but before we jump into everything I know people kind of know your story a little bit if they haven't but if we got some new listeners let them know who you are um your student athlete I'll just let you tell that yourself yeah so um I'm Jalen Boyd um I'm a junior at North Park University I just transferred from Lois College to North Park University which is a division three school um, like I said, I'm a junior. I play basketball and um, I have my own podcast as well called the JB Podcast. Me and uh, Nia just recorded one. It was about two days ago and I just uploaded that today. So, um, yeah, so uh, I just like I said, just trying to get back into the swing of things with this podcast. And like uh, me and Jones, we took a break. I took more of a break than she did, <laughs> but uh, I'm starting to get back into it and, you know, we're going to upload some more. So, yeah, that's basically what I'm about. I like talking about sports. And that's why I'm on here. So let's get into it. Okay, cool. So, you know, you already know the tradition. And for all my new listeners, if you're new, you know that we have to start off with um, highlighting on women in sports. So something that really stood out to me recently was I think we just don't. We're always talking about like how Bron is building his brand off the field. Right. And how, you know, Trey Young and just all of these individuals. But we never really highlight how um, women athletes are building their their brands, you know, off the court. So Tiffany Mitchell, who's a WNBA player, she started her own non-for-profit organization for single parents. So for me, I love the whole idea. Um, I think it's great in general, but you know that that is something that hits home for me because I'm from a single parent household, right? Um, and I think that, you know, there needs to be more resources out there just to support individuals who don't have that support, you know, or even have a community. So that's really important to me. Um, and Tiffany Mitchell, she started her own nonprofit organization for single parents. Um, and she went, took to Twitter and said that she can say a lot of work went into making this happen. 
Um, she's she's passionate about it because she was raised in a single parent household. So there's a lot of relatability between us. So it's actually called Spin um, Haven. So Spin represents um, single parents in need. And it's a foundation by her just to help um, for children in foster cares and for for families, you know, who are in need. So that's super duper important. And if you guys can relate or if you want to check it out, go look her up. Um, but it's called Spin Haven. And then I guess we'll just jump right into what we're going to talk about, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So before we even hop into our topic, like you said earlier, you have a podcast. So I've been on yours. Um, What was the first time? What, two, three days ago, right? Yeah. Yep. And let's discuss why you personally started your podcast and just tell me really what's the end goal or what do you feel like you're going to get, you know, from it or out of doing that? Because I think podcasts are becoming extremely more popular uh but at first it wasn't and i think people kind of realize you know it's really just about being you like it's your own platform you know nobody dictates that nobody can tell you what to say or what to do so just they know i started it but let me know why you started your podcast and really what's the end goal what do you see yourself getting out of this whole endeavor um that's a good question so my whole inspiration behind creating my podcast was based off, um, actually, it started when I was at Laura. So, the, I'm a I'm a media studies major. So, we created, um, well, the school actually created like a podcast an area where people, like, where students could come in, set up a time and record. So I always, so once once that was built, you know, I wanted to do that there, but then I think COVID hit, so we all had to come back home. But uh, so I never got a chance to do it. And then once I realized, um, you know, started to realize, you know, the, po- the whole podcasting world, I started to uh, watch, um, you know, all the smoke, anything basketball related, sports related, I kind of just tuned into. And so, and I'm big on athletes, you know, doing something that involving sports, but not directly. You don't have to play a sport to be involved with sports. So when I see like a Steven Jackson or Matt Barnes talking about sports, I, their, their words are actually credible. So. I just felt like having the background that I have and having my knowledge of the game, I felt that creating this platform, you know, will, uh, you know, just help others kind of just understand where I'm coming from and, and that, that I know what I'm talking about. I mean, and the end goal for me with this whole thing is just to, um, just to kind of just understand uh, this basic, honestly, I'm just doing this for fun at this point, but I feel like if I, if I keep doing it, I could just, you know, just grow larger and larger. So I'm kind of just doing this, is based off the fact that I like talking about sports and I'm also involved in media studies. So I think this will help, you know, getting the job in the future if uh, basketball doesn't, you know, turn out how I want it to turn out. So I think this will always be something I'm involved with. Okay, cool. I, I get that. And I agree. Um, speaking, you just said if basketball doesn't turn out the way you want to, right? That's your last words. So I'm curious, and I don't know about you, but let me know how you feel about this. So um, for those of you, like Jalen said earlier, he's a student athlete, currently at North Park, previously a student of um, Loris College, right? Mm-hmm. And as a D3 athlete, I think COVID, there's always been a difference between the treatment of D1, D2, and D3 players, correct? Big difference, um, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> a big difference, right? Very big difference, it's transparent. We see it. But I think COVID has further exposed the differentiation and treatment among the various student athletes in the different conferences and divisions. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Um, 
Division three is we're not as fortunate it's enough as enough to have you know the big big money like you know like Illinois or you know these these power five schools. So I think the COVID has definitely impacted us harder than it has with the Division one athletes. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still all about basketball. So I'm just you know I'm doing things just to stay in shape. You know, find things to stay motivated by doing. And the podcast is helping a lot. Right. So you t- you talked about just the difference in treatment and not being fortunate enough. So the difference between me and you, like I've always went to a, a Big Ten. I've been to at a Big Ten school. Illinois is where I've been. So you've had that experience of being at smaller schools both times that you've been at North Park and Loris. Um, but I don't know about you, but it really pisses me off of the difference in treatment between D1 athletes and D3 athletes. Like I see, you know, I, we we were just talking about this. We see Illinois. We're talking about io and kofi and all of these people playing and we're watching their games and evaluating but there's no big difference between you or io do you get what i'm saying like every at the end of the day you're a student that wants to play a sport you're a student athlete and you attend a university and so i think i feel like covid has made it okay for them to just be you know content with not really giving as much effort to D3 sports. Cause for me, it's really not about, um, it's not about, you know, people might say, well, they don't, they don't have enough money to do what they're doing right now. I don't think that's true. Cause really it's about COVID protocols, right? Right. Any school has tests. I just think it's just more of an emphasis on how important do you value your student athletes? And you know, how important is that to the culture of your school? Because if you're at a, Big Ten school or whatever, Pac-12, whatever, you know, um, it's all about money. They bring in revenue. So, of yeah, course, sports have to – they got to keep going on. I get that. But whether it's about money involved or anything, like, I don't know, it just bothers me that I feel like they aren't making the accommodations available um, to have you all play. There's no reason you guys should be playing at the same time or waiting. You know, high school athletes are playing before y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. That's absurd to me. So, like, let me know how, you know, how you really feel about that. Because I know you were texting me and it was always a postpone of practices and postpone of season. And now you've just got that go ahead that, okay, in January we're going to get started. But tell me how that process was for you, you know, especially coming off of a transfer. So being at a place where you didn't want to be and you were like, okay, North Park, this is my next step. This is where optimism is. And then COVID hits. And now it's like, I'm just a number kind of at a school, you know, for a player. Right. Um, at first it was very frustrating, you know, um, like you said, coming from a situation where I didn't play as much and then being so excited to play and then not really getting the chance to fully show what I could do. Like even when we have, even when we would have practices, we would have practices for two or three, two to three weeks straight. Then somebody would test positive on campus. Then it would get shut down for another two weeks. So it was just really inconsistent. But then I think you kind of learn to adjust with the whole COVID situation. So now um, we're home, and then we, we won't go back to January 4th. So I'm just trying to find ways to stay in shape, whether it's going to my old high school and working out or, you know, just doing little things and just doing little stuff on my own just to stay ready. And I think that's the biggest thing is always staying prepared and ready. And now that we have the opportunity to continue the season in January, I think um, I'm even more motivated now to uh, go out there and show what I can do. That's good. That's really good. And then one more final question adding on to that. Tell me um, 
as a player, you know, you've kind of not performed your best because of, of timing, you know, being on the bench and things of that sort for three years at this point, right? Because you're right. a junior. Um, so you have a semester left and then two after that for senior year. Does this alter your mindset of taking things off the court more serious? Like, are you still completely invested in that goal of, you know, being in the league or being overseas or whatever? Or has this just opened up your horizon a little bit and helped you realize, like, these things can be taken away from you at any second. So are you tapping into, you know, building yourself as more than an athlete, as people like to say? No, it's definitely, you know, opened my eye and giving me a wider perspective on things. But, um, I, again, my ultimate goal is to play play basketball and get paid for it. So um, I'm never going to stop, you know, uh, going after my goals because I just feel like I would be giving up on myself. But at the end of the day, I do have to, you know, come to a realization that I'm, all, I'm only a semester or two away from graduating. And so now that it's starting to come to crunch time, I, I'm starting to realize that um, – building my brand off the court as well is just as important, just as important as me on the court. So I think, um, you know, we're learning how to, you know, do media and just the, just, just the whole aspect of media is definitely helping with that. So, um, yeah, thank you. That's a good question. I just, I just want to let, for the record, I just want to let everybody know who really inspired you to take your brand and things off the court. Yeah, Jones, I just um, you know, she's really, I just want you to say it on the podcast. <laughs> You know, she's really into the marketing, so she's always stressing to me about, Jaylee, you got to, you know, you got to build your brand, you got to build your Instagram, you got to post more, you got to do all this. So I'm starting to, uh, like I said, I'm starting to understand it more, and I get where she's coming from. Okay, okay, okay. Um, And then moving forward, let's hop into what's really happening. So NBA, um, all of the current news, but the first thing we're going to start off is, because we haven't really um touched on since the Lakers won a championship, right? Uh, cool. So how, from a fan's perspective, um, we were both athletes, so I think we can come from it from different perspectives about how we feel. How do you think the bubble was? Like, what what was your perspective on, you know, how it went? And then what's your idea? We heard Bron saying on the road tripping podcast that he has for Uninterrupted, he said that he doesn't care what anybody says. He is one, two of the most challenging um, championships, one being the one that was recently in a bubble. So how do you feel about that? Um, the over, the at first watching the bubble, I think when it first started, it was kind of like it was it was it it took some time to get adjusted to because it was just like the whole no fan situation was probably the most was the biggest adjustment for everybody. But um, from a basketball standpoint, I think LeBron is pretty accurate on spot on when he says he has one of the hardest championships to win because from a mental aspect basketball was really hard to play i mean no matter how no matter how your body feels if you're if you're mentally not prepared to play a game you just take you're never going to perform the way you should so when he says things like we've been quarantined in a hotel for 90 plus days and we couldn't go anywhere and we won a championship like that's when you think about it we when a casual fan can't really understand what it is to what it's like to go through that situation so when people say like the Lakers championship is, it has an asterisk next to it, they're just going off what other analysts are saying. They really don't understand the mental totality that it took on those players. You know what I mean? So now I agree. Yeah. So when you look back on it, I definitely agree with LeBron says. I mean, I definitely could not see myself at this moment of time leaving my home and going to play 
in front of nobody for 90 plus days. It's crazy. I agree with Brian too, but like something you said that I even want to just correct you on a little bit. It's not even about, you know, I think people are always just trying to, like you said, mimic what they hear other people saying and then agree with it, but not really. People lack having their own opinion in sports a lot. And that's the pro and no, that's one of the cons of um, having these shows like First Take with Stephen A. And, you know, these shows with Skip and, um, and uh, yeah, and Shannon. So it's like some people hear these things and they're like, oh, you you're you had experience as an athlete. You know best. But I don't think that's true because you don't even have to be an athlete to understand where they're coming from. And right. that's where it shows a lot of like. I wouldn't even say ignorance because I think people do understand what LeBron's trying to say. It's just being hard on him and being hard on every athlete because you want satisfaction as a fan rather than realizing at the end of the day, these individuals are humans. They have families to go back to. They have kids that they're missing in school. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, if we're just talking about examples of people, like we had Glenn Robinson on here before. He talks about how hard it is being away from his child every day. Just came off of, you know, a season with the Warriors, being traded to the 76ers. And then, like, I don't even know these people, but I got to go make relationships in the bubble while still missing family. Al Horford's wife was, you know, pregnant with their fourth child. You know, so many, it's so many dynamics and aspects. But I think if anybody can't relate, we can relate as athletes and fans. But most importantly, we can still relate as humans because something that people don't know is, like, we both had COVID, you know. And what did you get in October? I got in November. October, yeah. Yeah, so it's like we can both relate. What we, what, do we, what, how long did you have to quarantine? 14, 10 days? I quarantined 10 days and then, okay, yeah, 10 days. I did 10 too. It was horrible. Like, it was boring. Like, I mean, it's cool, but it's not cool. Like, nobody wants to stay in the same place. And I know we were kind of locked in a room a little bit, but imagine if we were just in a hotel and you only had a certain amount of places to go. You had to go to the pool. You went to go get some eat. You went to practice. Da, da, da. You know what I'm saying? At a certain people, at a certain point, you get tired of your teammates. Not in a bad way, but you want your space, you know? Sure. And yeah. you start to miss individuals who are 10 times closer than you. So it's just crazy to me. I think people kind of, I do think it was one of the hardest. And I think that as an athlete, I commend them because a lot of them stay, you know, stuck through it. For sure. Because like, even. Prior to the bubble starting, a lot of players was uh, was against the whole idea of playing. You know what I mean? So nobody wants to be, you know, caged up, you know, in an environment where they can't really do what they're normally what what they're normally used to doing. So I commend all the teams that went down there in that bubble and performed as best as they could. I agree too. I commend them. And then we finish the season. We have a championship team. Got people coming out on the top. Now we have a new season, right? Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I do think, the season started too soon. For sure. I didn't um, – I feel like especially the teams that lasted longer in the bubble should have definitely – should definitely have a longer, you know, recovery period because, again, 90-plus days, and then you turn around uh, t- two months later, and then you have to play and start a whole another season again, even though it's shorter this year. It's just still a lot to take in because I think they're back traveling as well. So it's a – I think the whole – the NBA started early because they wanted – you know how it is. They wanted that money. Money, so, of course. We know – yeah, we know the common denominator is money. I just I, – I don't agree with that. I didn't I didn't like it. I get if the Bulls played, you know, 
and things like that. But come on now. You got everybody who stayed Miami and the Nuggets and all of these people. What what did they have a 30 like a, to 60 day break tops? 60, yep. 60 plus day turnaround to a new season. Then you go yeah. at the beginning of December, you go right to training camp. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to me. So we have that adjustment. Um, we agree that it started too soon, but also I have to commend the NBA for finding a way to still do it outside of the bubble. So the adjustment to stay in the same place. So, you know, they're, I think that kind of – let's talk about that too because, I mean, as an organization, the NBA is making the correct decisions when it comes to protocol and the only way they can really keep players safe, right? So a player, you're probably going to play a team like twice back-to-back, you know, just because after that you're probably not going to play them again, you know, because of COVID. Talk to me as a as a player, how – what do you think about that? How do you – how would you feel facing the same person two nights in a row or three nights in a row? Um, I think just because of the protocols, I think it's a def it's a good idea. But um, I think after that second time of playing a team, you kind of just you're just looking forward to the next you know opponent. So I think from a player standpoint, I would definitely get tired of seeing the same people three times in a row. But I mean, you have to do what you have to do in order to you know keep this thing this season you know ongoing because if somebody catches COVID, and then you yeah. know. It might go back to another bubble situation, and I know they don't want to do that. So, would that affect whole... though, as a player? Would that affect? Because, like you said, after one or two games, okay, it's over with. We lose, okay, you get that rematch. Let's see if you have a third game. Is that going to kind of mess up records a little bit? Not in a way. I mean, not directly, but directly because people aren't going to be giving as much effort. They already don't give as much effort that they do compared to playoffs in the regular season. But now you got people kind of like over it i don't think it'll affect performance performance wise but i think it will it will also give other players opportunities who don't play as much to get some minutes so i think that kind of helps but um as a player it's that that, that instinct to kill and win is still gonna be on it's still it's still there like i said you you probably get like i said i would definitely get tired of playing the same team if i saw them twice in a row three times in a row but if we play them three times in a row i want to win three straight. You know what I mean? So I don't think that competitive edge will ever lose, but it just, it just, you know, it gets a little frustrating. I get that. I get that. And then uh, advantage of, you know, just the protocols with COVID. Uh, I don't know how Toronto Raptor players feel. I don't know if their families are still in Canada or if they came here, but I'm not sure if you listeners know, but they've adjusted to having the season in um, Florida the entire season. So that's kind of where they stay. Like, it's the same atmosphere from the bubble <laughs> like they're in the same state uh they're saving lots of money i think it was like 48 thousand a game in taxes don't quote me but being it's something like that simply just be- yeah okay so because they're in florida now they don't have to pay those extra canadian taxes right so really if i was a player i'd be happy Oh yeah, for sure. Happy because yeah. I know everybody hate they hate it, you know. Yeah, like you, you crossing the border, you gotta get a passport. You got it's that's it's a lot, you know, living up in Canada. So I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of the players are American, so of course they love being back home or closer to home. Yeah, and then we got this new season. What are we looking forward to? Who can compete with the Lakers? Like, who's the new competition? Who who do you think? Um, 
we should look out for. You give me your list, and then I'm gonna follow up and give you mine. Okay, so I'm uh I'm gonna break it down by conferences, right? So I'm gonna go east. Um, east for sure, definitely Brooklyn. Um, Katie, Kyrie, you know that supporting cast of Cass Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie. So I think they have an all around solid team. You know, adding Steve Nash and um other coaches as well. Um, another team in the east, I think. Not 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 necessarily compete, but you know, stay the course. Um, you can't count out Miami because they did take them to six games with Jimmy Butler. Then plus they added uh, Avery Bradley, a perimeter defender they, that they uh, that they also needed. Um, Boston will always be Boston. I think they're always just solid and always can be, you know, a, a playoff potential team with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart, Kemba, I like. I've always liked the Boston Celtics, so I, you know, I think I'll get in a knock. Um, I'm not. I'm still not sold on my. I mean, Milwaukee with Giannis yet. <laughs> we gonna talk about him, but yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. But uh, I'm still not sold on my, uh, Milwaukee yet. But to go to the West, the West is very loaded. So Portland can definitely compete. Denver can compete. Um, Dallas can possibly compete if Porzingis stays healthy. Um, am I missing somebody from the West? Mm. I said Portland. Did you say Golden State? I mean, if you think they're a contender, uh, I'm, no, I don't think Golden State is a contender. <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, I could throw the Clippers in there again. I mean, they basically have the same team minus Trez. So, I mean, I could throw the Clippers in there. Um, that is true. But the Lakers are looking very good, so it, it's tough. <laughs> so the Lakers are looking very good. Y'all know. Jalen is a super duper Bron fan, so whoever, wherever Bron goes, Jalen's rooting for. But I, I agree with you. I think um, I, I'm ready to see the Nets. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to see KD back healthy. Like I love seeing KD hoop. So having him back healthy excites me. Um, I want to see how him and Kyrie mesh. And then, uh, like you said, the bench and all these other people. They got Karis Levert, a dog. You just got other other additions. Um, Milwaukee, like you said, um, I just think they need another. They need another piece, piece of two, piece of two. They need two at least. I say it's to come off the. Who can just play defense for real and come off the bench and contribute energy and points? So I think they just need two all good all around players. Um. It would be them. And then speaking of that, did you hear that Giannis uh, was interested in Bradley Beal? That's a great pickup. If they I think it would be for the Bucks. Oh, sure. I think Bradley Beal just came out averaging 30 last year. So, I mean, with that, if, if he gets that type of help on top of having Drew Holiday, um, I could, I tip, you know, I might give them the, a slight advantage over Brooklyn, possibly. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. I think, yeah, I mean, that would be – I would love to see Bradley build there. That would be really interesting. I, I really want Bradley to get out of Washington. Ain't going to lie. Yeah, um, I mean, when you when you perform so well for, for so long and then you don't get your you don't get your just due because of, the, of team success, then you kind of start to realize that I need to go to a different situation so I can show people that I'm actually legit. I don't even think it's about showing people that he's legit because people know he's legit. It's about getting the ring. It's about getting the ring, getting close to it, or at least being with more elite players. Like, who has been elite outside of John Wall that he's played with? For real. 
nobody. You know, like right. not for real. Who they have Kenneth Fareed or like nobody for real. You know, so it's I think it's about, it's definitely. You said what? That plus all about notoriety, right? So Washington, yeah, I have a lot of national televised games, so you really wouldn't even know that Bradley Beal is averaging thirty unless you're like a huge NBA fan. You know what I mean? I totally, and it's not a big market for real. So it's just, it's a situation that I think he does need to get out of it. Despite that Russ came, they're not going to win anything. Um, I don't think so. Um, that roster that's, is not built to win yet. It, it's yeah. going to take them years and years to develop an actual good team. Yeah, I believe. Um, and I mean, Russ is there now. So, I mean, he, yeah, I don't need to know him. <laughs> Russ is worth Russ is Russ. That's really what it is. And speaking of, we talked about the competition, but before we, you know, get into anything, we got to talk about these contracts. So speaking of teams and Bradley Bill and these prospects, Russ, so much that has happened over free agency, so much that we can go on and on and talk about. But first, let's start off with the uncertainty, not the contracts that are solidified. James Harden. I would just put the name out there. You just, just, just talk. Just let me know what you're thinking. Man, James is. <laughs> the thing is, I like James. You know, he's left-handed, and I'm left-handed. I don't. So, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I, I, I rock with James, but it's just like I feel like he's really just shooting himself in the foot because it's just like you've been given all these opportunities to win. You've been given these great rosters to win, and now you're in a situation where you want to leave. And you really don't have a reason to leave when in actuality it's your it's your play that's not getting you over the hump. You know what I mean? So I just feel like Harden really needs to just take a take a step back and just really and just to really think about he, what he wants. And what's you know, no, you know what he needs to do. What's that? It's not about what he wants. No, it's about get rid of your ego. Because as much of a great player that you really think that you are, you're selfish. You're a he's he's a he's a um what is the word? You know, the difference between he's a great scorer, right? Yeah. And I'm yeah. not comparing him to an MJ or Kobe, but I'm comparing their selfishness, right? To Harden's. Great. Kobe and them could do that because you know what they did? They knew really when to really give it up to win a championship, right? They knew how to lead their team. And them scoring always came in clutch moments. That makes sense? So it was always beneficial to the game. Harden can put up 60 and still not. That's unacceptable. How you put up 60 still not winning games? I think that he, it's not even about what he wants. I think he needs to realize, like, I mean, of course it's what he wants because ultimately you have to make a decision in this situation. Um, But I think it's really about, Harden, like you, you're not going to win a championship with your style of play. At, at this point, you have to sit down and look in the mirror and just be like, okay, let me sit down and really evaluate what has happened over my time here at Houston. Because what happened was you got CP3. That didn't work out. You got Russ. That didn't work out. You know? Mm-hmm. And if you got John Wall this year, I don't think that's going to work out either. And you have to realize that you're the only common denominator. That makes sense. Like, yeah, you've been given good pieces. What do you like? What are you talking about? Russ worked well with PG. CP3 yeah. literally went to OKC and um, elevated the team. 
made the younger people look good and even though they are good and then gave that vet presence which took them to further in the playoffs than anybody expected them to go people kind of didn't even expect them to make it to the playoffs right Mm-hmm. So you have people where we see in different positions who have made impacts with other individuals when given the opportunity to play with them. What's your excuse? You know, I think everybody's talking about, oh, where Harden should go, where Harden should this. Harden should look at his game. That's the real problem. Because you're just not going to win a championship like that. Like, I feel like you got to evaluate that yourself. And then it makes me think, what's your mindset? Because now you have... Um, D'Antoni gone, right? So the small ball out the window. Now you got to really pass. Now you got to really do things. And as an organization for Houston, it's just like, does it, you let me know if you were a GM, right? Mm -hmm. Would you sit back for Houston and just evaluate your decisions? Like, dang, was it really worth it? Meaning because they've always tried to put good individuals around you. They've gave up Capella. They've gave up, a lot of good individuals, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like betting so much on you has literally got them nowhere. So the question for me, you, you, are you asking, do you think it's worth it? Like all the stuff. It's a GM. It's a GM. I think do you it's worth think- it because mm-hmm. um, back when the Warriors had KD, they took them to seven games. I mean, unfortunately, Chris Paul, I think, t- hurt, his, hurt his hamstring or something like that. So they were – they were they they were that close to making it. Um, I think looking back on it now, if I was a GM, I don't think I think the, I think it was it was definitely worth the while. Um, like I said, they got there, but now when you look at it, it's like Harden. He's I feel like he's trying to put the blame on management instead of on himself, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, like missing training camp and all that extra rah rah that wasn't even necessary. Yeah, you Faking ain't. like you was training, but you was out there partying. Like, come yeah. on, dude. Mm-mm. Like, I just, I don't know. I think he just has to look in the mirror for himself. And I think that at this point, there are no excuses. You know, like can't be there. You're 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 a very seasoned player. It's not like you don't have experience. It's not like you haven't been to playoffs before. You're seasoned, you know, and I just I'm not a fan of Harden. I've never been a fan of Harden simply because he's one dimensional in a way where it's really all about scoring accolades and not like, okay, I'm a leader. That's what I feel like he lacks, you know, like I feel like they bring leaders around him. I feel like Russ is more of a leader than Harden is. We're not talking about scoring. I'm talking about like leadership, like impact, you know, and, and, and uplifting each other. CP3 is 10 times more of a leader than Harden is. And that's and it's a, like... Because... Um, you said what? I said that's a great point because when you think about it, when you look at... I put Kawhi and Harden in the same boat. I mean, Kawhi has... Oh, yeah. But when it comes to the leadership, they're more... They're more... Uh, I'm going to let my play do the talking than actually, you know what I'm saying... You know, then actually speaking, and then actually, and, and I true, think true leadership. You know what I mean? So I that's the problem, that. though, because that's the problem for me because that don't work in any relationship, right? Like no. whether it's a relationship, a friendship, um, you with your friend, you with your boss, whatever. You gonna have to learn how to build relationships with people and speak out. And communication is the key to a lot of things. So it's like that ain't gonna get you too far, you know? So. Speaking of places, we've talked about this. Harden didn't show up to training camp. Woo-woo. Came later. 
and now there are trade packages potential trade packages so we both agree that the 76ers is the best option um in the interest of both teams uh when it comes to fit but we're going to talk about them all so 76ers uh they will receive james harden and the rockets will receive ben simmons trash terrence ferguson (laughs) a 2021 first round pick and a 2023 first round pick then you have the nets um, the Nets will receive James Harden. Uh, in exchange, the Rockets will get Karis LeVert, Spencer, um, Prince, and then 2021 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, and a 2025 first-round pick. Mm. Woo! Then you got the Knicks. They'll get Harden. Rockets will get R.J. Berry, Julius Randle, uh, 2021 first-round, 2023 first-round, 2025 first-round, and two second-round picks. Mm. Nuggets will get Harden. Rockets would get Gary Harris, Will Barton, Michael Porter, and a 2021 first-round pick. And then lastly, I know it's a lot, but we got the Warriors. They're going to get Harden. And then the Rockets would get Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, a 2021 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, and a 2025. So, yeah, go ahead. for me, I think, I mean... The, the Warriors, first of all, are definitely not going to do it because we just had Steve Kerr come out like, yo, James Wiseman finna be our center long term. They That's an investment for them. Mm-hmm. They're not getting rid of James Wiseman. Don't see that happening. The Nuggets would be stupid to give up Michael Porter. And, and I, who, else, who else was it? It was Michael Porter. Harry Harris and Will Barton. That's too much. And a 2021 first-round pick and a 2025. No. No, like it's too much, especially because their team is in a better position than Houston is. So it's like, why accommodate when you can just continue to add better pieces in the next round? I wouldn't do it. Yeah, the I, Knicks. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, uh, I don't like you. Like you said, um, a lot of these teams are giving up a lot. They would have to give up a lot to get hard. So that's my biggest thing with Harden is that. Teams is making if you were to go to a team, but do like they're they're taking a huge risk. So you're really gonna have to show that you're willing to sacrifice and win. And I don't think he's at that point yet. He's definitely not at that point mentally. And as a GM, I'm not giving up all of this for people who I see jail correctly mm-hmm. and with a lot of more potential and people who I see that are unselfish and, and willing to play and who can get me thus far without you? No. The Knicks, I mean the Knicks, uh, I mean, they suck, but they're trying to grow. They're rebuilding. Mm. So it's like, hmm, do you really want that? I don't know. And also because he'll be playing with younger people. Yeah, so it's like they're going to need that leadership. Yeah. Not going to work out because Harden ain't got that. Like, if we being real. No, and then sure. you got the Nets. If I was the Nets organization, I wouldn't even this. I wouldn't even have people be putting out a potential package for Harden for nothing. Are y'all crazy? If they ever consider this, I would just think that something would be wrong with them for real. They're the out of those what four to five teams. They're definitely giving up the most. Um, they're crazy. They're giving up crazy. Too much. Like you giving up Levert, Dinwiddie, and Prince. I thought they might even. I think they they might even throw in Joe Harris. You know what I mean? Just just because of. You know, Harden is Harden. I mean, his name speaks for itself, but they give it away too much. You name don't mean nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me own a team. Nate Harden, what? No, sorry. Next. 
Uh-uh. And you're giving up like first round picks, like um, first round picks. What they giving up? Too much. A 2021, 2023, and a 2025. Not second, first. Y'all crazy? No. I would never agree to that. And then outside of just oh, they're giving up so much. Another aspect would be, okay, how is this dynamic going to work? You got three people who are extremely ball dominant now if Harden comes. So that's Kyrie, KD, and Harden. Then these people are ball dominant. Harden doesn't – Harden's so content without moving when, when a ball doesn't move. It's going to be like, hmm. You know what I'm saying? You used to having Harden bring it up the court and kind of be the PG in a way. Now we got Kyrie. KD coming back. They already have that dynamic and a relationship. I just feel like it's too many egos in a way, too many people that love to shoot and do the same thing at one time. We need those Karis LeVerts and those Spencer, you know, and, and Prince to balance it all out. If you bring Harden, all I see is just a failed attempt, like just just a waste of time at that point. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, when people say, oh, KD and Harden played together, you know, back in the day, that's not the same Harden who was in OKC. You know what I mean? That, that man has won. Yeah. He's, he got his own shoe now. Like, so he's he's feeling himself. So if you think he's going to take a lesser role just because um, KD and Kyrie, he think he's just as good as anybody, which he should, which he should feel like. But he's definitely not going to take no backseat to anybody. So I don't even see that that whole thing working out at all. Yeah. So that dynamic leaves us with 76ers, which I said, you know, we both discussed this off the record and we feel as if that's the best option. So I'm going to repeat again what they're going to get. So 76ers will receive Harden and then the Rockets. This is all potential, y'all, whoever's listening. The Rockets will receive Ben Simmons, Terrence Ferguson, a 2021 first round pick and a 2023. I think think Ben Simmons is trash, but – it's the best one that really lines up without teams giving too much, you know? For sure. And you still have MB. So you still got MB. You still got who Seth they picked Curry, up a lot of people. You got Seth Curry, Danny Green, Dwight. Yeah. Um You still, you still got, got a squad. Bias. You still got uh Matisse. Like you still got a, a solid team if you had Harden and you're not giving up a lot. And then, and the then picks for them don't really mean as much because they're always gonna make the playoffs. But still, yeah, you know what I mean. And and then a good thing about that is now um, Ben Simmons, right? What he was lacking, Harden can make up for. Harden ain't scared to shoot. Harden is gonna be that scoring machine for y'all that y'all need. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it's the best package for them, and it'd be interesting to see how Doc will coach him because you also got to take that into consideration. How will he be coached? I think Doc could definitely adjust that though because. When you look at Doc's teams, he's always had – it's always been evened out, right? So when you look at his Celtics teams when they won a championship, everybody was – everybody was a, a part. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was equally involved. I read Ray Allen's book. He talked about how Doc preached family. You know what I'm saying? That we are all mm-hmm. part of this family and we, have, and we all have one common goal. So I think that with Doc's coaching, I think it would definitely, you know, help Harden in the long run. Mm-hmm. And then one more thing, since we're because I, I like Doc too, which I was really happy that he got that opportunity for the 76ers, like I talked about in the previous episode in season one. But another point I want to make, um, some people are not happy with Harden having this um what's the word? This this, you know, rebellion 
and defiance um, and not cooperate and not participate like he should because now you got a black coach, Ty Lue. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like he should give Ty Lue, give him a year, see how things work out with Boogie and Wall and, you know, whatever the situation is. But I just think the Rockets organization is just going to have to do some rebuilding in general because it's a lot of people that aren't happy. You got P.J. Tucker who's been talking. You know, it's just so many aspects to it. But I know Stephen A. was not happy about Harden. He like, yo, you got a black coach, you got a black man who's trying to, you know, prove himself with woo, and you ain't going to wait and give him a chance? What do you think? Um, I really didn't even think of, think about it from that aspect, but when you do look at it, it's, it's actually a great point because a lot of these coaches aren't given the, the rosters that um that this new coach for Houston is given. Like you got Boogie, John Wall, you have you have two all stars on that roster, so you could work with you could do a lot. But now your best player who doesn't want to be involved is kind of harder for progression because you don't know if he's fully committed. You know what I mean? He's playing preseason games, yeah. he's practicing. But is he really there? I think he's no. Nah, oh, he's, he's definitely not there. He checked out. He checked out when he wasn't coming to training practice on time. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. So, my whole thing with that is that if you have the opportunity to make this man, you know, what I'm saying the coach look great, which I think he will if he actually commits, then I w- I'm all in for him staying in Houston. But like you said, Harden is is has checked out when he was in Atlanta and Vegas with little baby and all them. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ultimately it's hardest decision but i think the point that Stephen a made was actually great because a lot of people don't even think that deep about it but we complain about majority of people in the front office and the coaches being white or whatever other than black and then we have the league being made up majority of black individuals and it's like yo you know tyloo he gonna come through he didn't win it won a championship before he's worked with the best of the best better athletes than you have you know like he's had a team and, and one of the hardest teams to get a championship with, in my opinion, because the Cavaliers weren't as set those last years as they should have been, but they did win, you know? So it's like, dang, like, you ain't going to give them a chance? You ain't going to give them a – you just going to check out. It's And I think that plays into him just succumbing to D'Antoni's BS way of coaching, which wasn't going to work to win a champion. That's what I'm saying. I don't think a championship is important to Harden. I think it's so many factors that, like, loop to it. And like, yeah, dude, don't really want to win a, a chip. And that's, I mean, championships don't define your career, but it gets to a point where it's like, if you're this, if you're at this magnitude of a player and you can't win, then you, you kind of look bad. I mean, not to say it's inevitable. It I don't think happens. championships, yeah, they don't define you, but it's like, dude, with the squad that you've had, with the people that you've had around you, and you still can make none shake. I'm going to look at you funny. And and I mean, hey, like, that's just the reality of the game. And I I think that's just something that comes with it. But that's harder. So we're just going to see. We ain't going to talk about it further. We're going to come back and and talk about it again on the podcast when ultimately a decision comes to happen, you know, or if he tends to stay with the Rockets. We're going to see. But speaking of contracts that are solidified, people who are confident in where they're going, we got PG. Four-year, 190 mil Clippers. We got Giannis, five years, 228. Braun, an extension. AD, an extension. Kuz, an extension. You got a lot of people signing contracts. What's, um, let's talk about PG first. Did he deserve it? Um, I think from a business standpoint, the Clippers had no choice really to 
really but to offer him all that money because he could have gotten it anywhere else. Um, I but I definitely think his talent is worth the money. He just like I said, I think watching um all the smoke and he was on there and got interviewed. He spoke about how to, now he this is the first time when he really feels healthy. So I think health played a part of him not playing as good as he wanted to last season and mentally. Nothing. He also spoke about how that bubble just drained him and he just wasn't there. So I think that now he's back healthy. Um, he's got his mental together. I think that he'll, you know, he'll show that he's worth that money this year. I'm gonna see. I'm not gonna put my, oh yeah, you know, all my eggs in the bag with PG. No, I, I, it's just about the recent inconsistency for me. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, are you really gonna come back and prove that you, you, you know, the situation was what was best for you? I do think that. Um, as an organization, like I get what you're saying, they they could have. I mean, it was cool to keep him because he does have a lot of potential. We've seen how he was with the Pacers at even a young age, been in the playoffs with Roy Hibbert. You know, going up against the best and actually coming up and performing well was just a lack of maturity for the team. You know what I'm saying? Um, we've seen him do well with OKC. We've seen him perform very well. My only thing is, I don't even think I disagree with you where you said that. Uh, they had no choice. I think the Clippers did have a choice simply because if you watch the podcast, like you talked about with all the smoke, he was just like, you know, I think it was a lack of chemistry. I think there was some things we could have done over again. Well, I don't think he was leaving. Like, I think he wants to run it back. Like, I feel like he feels as if his season with the Clippers is unfinished business. No, it definitely is because um he's from LA. He wants to stay in LA, which is a big factor. And like you stated, the bubble, I mean, COVID definitely messed that team up because they never really could get into a rhythm together because you always had Kawhi sitting out. Paul George wasn't fully healthy. You know, we had Pat Beverly who was hurt, you know, playing. He was in and out of the roster. So it was – COVID definitely played a big impact on that team. So I feel that Paul George definitely uh, wants to show that the team is ready this season and, and fully healthy. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to see what they do and how they do. Um We'll see, you know, because it's, it's unfortunate when you have a season where every single individual in the league, every analyst, everybody was betting on you, and it just didn't turn out the way that it was projected. So I think PG has a lot of potential, um, and I'm not going to speak too soon. I'm just going to say I just want to see what he's going to – he said he's got his old trainer back. He's feeling healthy. So, I mean, if you're putting all of this in the air, you manifesting it. You ain't got no excuse if you hit the backboards again. That's how I feel. <laughs> you got, so, you can't do that no more, man. We gonna see. Then we got who we got next. We got Giannis. Mm, that bad. The biggest contract in NBA history. Now that's who didn't have a choice. The Bucks didn't have a choice. Oh yeah, they they definitely didn't have a choice at all whatsoever. Who are they going to be without Giannis? You know, like Giannis has brought his made their market boom. Has brought so much attention to the organization. Um, from a business standpoint, it's like you can't go wrong because people still going to talk about Giannis. You know what I'm saying? And he's still going to be a great regular season player, like he is every year. Um, the turnover is playoffs. That's where Giannis gets exposed. That's where his game is really broken down and things of that sort. So, first of all, do you think he deserves the contract? Um, and was staying with Milwaukee the correct decision for him to make? Um, I think Giannis is definitely worth the money. Um, the decision to stay, I think, in the long run, will definitely help his game from an individual standpoint, right? 
So when you think about it, when you actually break it down, if Giannis was to go to a, let's say, a Warriors with Steph, I don't think that Giannis would develop into the player he potentially can be. Giannis still is a raw, he's still raw talent pretty much. All he can pretty much do is run and dunk. So I think that with a development, with his development by leaving would only hinder because he always will rely on that other star to do what he can't do. So I think that now that he that's staying in Milwaukee, I think now he really knows that he needs to, you know, grind it out and dig deep and really work on his overall game instead of lifting all the weights. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what'll give me more respect in terms of because you can compare this situation to he and Harden. Because ultimately, they had the same decision, you know? Like, should I leave or should I go? Options will be on the table. And just like how Houston got um, Wall, they just got Drew Holiday, which is a great addition. So I agree with everything you said. I think Giannis staying um, is just speaking to his character, how important, you know, staying in an organization that's, all that's you know, gave him his first chance is. But most importantly, um like you said, it's time to elevate your game. Take the challenge. My only problem with Giannis was his mental. Like, dude, you the leader of the team scared to guard Jimmy Butler? You, yeah, you got to work on that. You What you doing? <laughs> like He said, I listen to what the coach tells me to do. I'm like, dude. First of all, your coach shouldn't even be encouraging you <laughs> to not step up as a leader. Yeah. First no. of all. Like, yeah. what? And you should have the urge to – want to as a leader you're you're who people depend on it all it's a leadership is about just a trickle down effect you know if the leader you know does something or has certain principles then typically nine times out of ten other people will align and follow along or agree so for me it was just like okay you 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 need to go to tim grover or some re-relentless or something because his mindset is not where like yo you're he he's i just feel like he doesn't see himself as a good all around play like they can't the lack of confidence or low self-esteem should not show itself on the court that's something you build during the off season that's something you talk about in practice but when it comes to the season you should be approaching everybody like yo you're not better than me no matter what the situation may be yeah for sure because i think i as a player we all know our flaws and what we and what we can work on and i think Giannis definitely knows that his lack of a jump shot um is definitely affecting the team um, a lack of his 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 lack of uh being able to adjust. He plays the same throughout the game. And he doesn't know how to you know adjust. Like he thinks that I'm just play bully ball the whole regular season, and that's going to transition to the playoffs, and it ultimately doesn't. Which is why he this is why which is why he, I feel like he 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 now understands that he needs to evolve his game in order to win. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm glad he came to the realization. I am happy he stayed with Milwaukee because I think personally for him and his development, it's the best. But I'm also curious just to see how this edition of Drew Holiday will be. I think Drew and is I one think- of those players who can just fit in any system and he'll he'll, he'll just do what he always mm-hmm. does good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like playing defense, scoring. I think he's just a systemless player who can play on any team in the league and he'll always produce. So I like I like to pick up with Drew Holiday. Yeah, I think those are the most underrated players to me because then you have situations like Harden and, and Russ, and it's like, is it really benefiting the team? But you got to find a place for these players to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, they they have to be 
fit it perfectly for it to all work out. Yeah, because I think so. I love, I love players who can just adjust effectively and just contribute all around. Like even a Jimmy Butler's like that, you know, like people who can who just dogs all around players. Yeah, that's the game now. All around, you have to be able to do. You got to be able to do a little bit of everything, which is in order to, in order to stay on the floor and actually to produce. So I think the one side aspect of just only playing offense or you just only a defender is kind of hurting the team. So that's why I feel like you see a lot of teams running three to four guards because you know they could do both. They could do everything on both ends of the floor. So I think just when it comes to back to Giannis. Once he, like I said, once he just develops into an actual player, Milwaukee is going to be really dangerous. Oh yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Um, so we just discussed that, and then uh, we got these contracts solidified. But now we have a season, and we've been watching preseason. Uh, so my question to you: First of all, we're going to talk about the Chicago native, Simeon graduate, goat, Tht, Taylor. Period. Taylor Horton Tucker. If y'all don't know who he is, go look him up. Go figure out because you missing out. Period. But he been hooping. He had thirty three with the Lakers. Uh, past what two games ago? I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's been hooping, and he's proving himself. And he's only twenty with a championship and getting leadership from the top bets vets in the world. What do you? How you feel about his performance? What do you think about his future? Like, let me know how you feeling about Taylor. Taylor is looking really good like me and Taylor graduated at the same time and the crazy thing is we never played each other which is kind of awkward um I played you know like Io and Chase and all them but I've never got the opportunity to play Taylor so seeing his involvement from Simeon to now he looks he looks he looks really good you can tell he's been putting in a lot of work um with Phil Handy and whoever he's been training with but um I want to see Taylor get some minutes, like some significant minutes with the Lakers. But, I mean, the Lakers, again, they're just so stacked that um, even if he doesn't play, he's setting himself up for the future to get a good, you know, contract with another team or if the Lakers yeah. want see, to sign him. That's where I'm looking at. Um, long run, this is a win-win situation for him. Definitely. You putting up points, you proving to people like, yo, I, I shouldn't have been in the G League. I'm here. You know, you have a championship under your belt, um, and you actually contribute to that more than Quinn Cook and Deion Waiters. You know, so you can actually say, like, yo, I helped in a certain way. And then on top of that, like you said, the Lakers are stacked. But I think if, you know, knock on wood, but if the team is injury-prone or injuries come, Vogel will look down at the, you know, the bench and be like, you, and not hesitate and be confident. So I just think, like you said, long-term, you get a contract from any other team, or if the Lakers, you know, don't take that on, take that bid on you, you could go because teams are going to want you. You were a, a pickup, and I think a lot of teams slept on him. Yeah, for sure. Because um, when it comes to like one and dones, you it, they they draft off projection, so they they draft off what they think you're going to be in the next two to three years, right? So now I think that he's really starting to show what he can actually be. So now you see, now you have a lot of teams watching preseason like, man, this dude is really nice. You know, and they're starting to see the potential that he really has. So, again, his potential is out the roof. If he just stays, you know, consistent on what he's doing, consistent with his play, consistent with working out, eating habits, you know, like I said, he looked like he lost weight. 
So he's been doing a lot. To, yeah, know, he slimmed down a lot. Yeah, so he's been doing a lot to be to get prepared for this season. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So talking about Taylor and that Chicago native, um, he's in his second year, but we got to talk about the people in their first years, the rookies, um, who people are going to have all eyes on, who are going to continuously make an impact this season uh, with the various teams that they've been traded to. So my first question is, um, who's your favorite rookie to watch? Like, who are you looking forward to? Who do you see the most potential in? What's your thoughts? What you thinking? Um, my favorite rookie to watch so far, I mean, definitely LaMelo was up there. Um, Obi Topper from the Knicks, I really like to watch. Um, Anthony Edwards. I mean, so pretty much those three, but mostly Obi because I, I like, I just like Obi's um, story, you know, coming from a, you know, a mid-major school, not having any D1 offers out of high school. And then now he's, you know, a top pick in the draft, you know, for a, a big organization in the Knicks, and he's from New York. I just like that whole story around it. So Obi's my favorite so far. Okay. I, I'm going to answer the question differently, right? Because okay. I'm not going to sit right here in front for the listeners like I've been watching preseason because I haven't. <laughs> I've seen the highlights online, but, like, yeah. I ain't been watching. I'm not a huge preseason person because I'm just – I want season. Yeah. That's me. I thrive, I like, I love watching the season, and then my all-time high is playoffs because I think that's when people really, like, you see all that's in a bag. But um, I'm excited to watch LaMelo. Um, I I think Anthony Edwards is gonna perform well. I just don't even feel like watching the Timberwolves. That makes sense. Like I don't know. I just don't yeah, feel like it's watching. Not it. a, a f- <laughs> exciting team to watch, but I mean, I definitely tune in just because of him. Him, yeah, definitely. I I'm looking forward to Lamelo. Um, I'm gonna keep my eyes on Patrick Williams. Y'all know the Bulls used to be my ultimate favorite team in the world, and they lost a diehard fan because just <laughs> stupid decisions with management. But oh, they lost. You. Um, they lost me. They been lost me. I, bro, I, I was just talking about this. Um, I'm an intern for Grady Sports Agency, for those listening, and we have our meetings, and we were just talking about who are we, you know, diehard friends or organizations. And if you know me, if you really know me, you know, like, I was a diehard Bulls fan. I got Rose jerseys. I love Boozer. I got Joakim Noah signatures, Jimmy Butler signatures, everybody. Like, I love them. Used to go to all the games. Hated LeBron because that was our rivalry. Like, I was a diehard fan. And then D-Rose got hurt. And then all you see is people retiring and Lou Dean gone and Nate Robinson gone and Kirk gone and D-Rose gone and Jimmy Butler gone. And I'm like, what's – then we got rid of Tibbs. Like, all of the individuals that I love were gone. And then ever since then, I'm like, I can't rock with y'all. And isn't that like it's because my favorite players left, but I was still a Bulls fan. I think it's just about how management just handles things continuously. Like everybody feels like they continuously keep making the wrong decisions, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so I'm not a diehard fan anymore. Like, I don't I'm not a super hard fan of anybody. Like, do you have a favorite team? Um, not like like I said, I'm a I've been I'm a LeBron fan, so anything. Right. You you stuck to players, not teams. Yeah. Yeah, that's me now. And I used to be the opposite. Like, I'm stuck to team, not player. Love the player, but I love the Bulls. Mm-hmm. But now, that's they lost me. They need me, too. Because I'm going to beat somebody. And they, they need to stop playing and start getting it together. For real. <laughs> Period. But the last one, let's talk about LaMelo. So, like I said, I'm excited to watch him, who I'm excited to watch. But the marketability of LaMelo Ball is going to be insane. Like. That's an understatement to me. Um, 
chose to sign with Puma instead mm-hmm. of his dad, uh, we saw that the ticket sales and the attention for the Hornets skyrocketed when they picked him up. I think he's a, a perfect fit for the team. Um, and you even got players like Miles Bridge and other people like, I've never seen a rookie so happy and I love my team. You could tell good energy over there. So I think, I don't I don't know if they're going to be making it to the playoffs, but I think that um, it's good vibes. Like, they're in a good place right now. Finally, you know, somebody that's really going to change the dynamic there outside of Kimba. For sure. I think um, LaMelo's in a great situation to develop because he's with a team who, who doesn't have high expectations um, of making the playoffs. So I feel that with no added pressure, he could just go out there and play. And then on top of that, he's already a confident dude. You can just tell. You can just tell how he carries himself, that he's confident and he know he can play. So once he really learns, you know, the the ways around the league and, you know, once he starts to develop into the player he can be, I think he'll be, you know what I'm saying, just as good as a lot of these top dudes. Six, seven. Points. Yeah. Like, it, you, it's that, like, you can't really teach height at that position. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um. I'm excited. I'm excited. And and outside of rookie, somebody that I just I love watching, John Morant. He has yeah. one of the brightest futures. Um, yeah, I love John Morant. Like I, I'm excited to watch him, and I think he doesn't get enough credit for how he's really made the Grizzlies a contender. Like who would have thought? You know, we knew John was a good player, but he's he's a great leader also, mm-hmm. and he's young. And to take a team to the playoffs, they young. That's good for me. And he's getting stronger. I see him in the gym. Man, he looked really good in preseason. Like, I know it's just yeah. preseason, but it's like he scored like 20, 28 and 6 or something, like the first preseason game in like 15 minutes. Like, he looked really good. It's like you can tell he's he's starting to slow down. Like, he's like his pace is changing. Like, he's looked like he's watched a lot of film. Like, he's going to be really good. I think he might be an all-star this year. Oh, I'm you on record? <laughs> I'm on record. I think he might be an all-star this year. You on record? Okay. Yeah. I, I think there's a huge possibility of that. And it's just, I think so much competition now because the NBA is just so stacked. Like, full of, like, full of talent for real. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see it. Um, And I think I'm I'm an underdog fan. So I was, I'm not happy. I'm not going to say I'm happy that Zion was hurt or anything, but I'm happy that he proved like, yo, we ain't no competition for real. You know, like, mm-hmm. y'all came in with all this hype for one person and look who... Who's on top? Exactly. Rookie of the year. That's how I see it. That's how I see it, ultimately. And then um, you got you on record saying who you think will be one of the All-Stars. Tell me who you think is going to win a championship this year. Prediction. Early prediction. I'm going I'm Lakers 2 Peyton for sure. Okay. Stamp that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the Lakers, just, they are just on the on – when you got LeBron 80, then you add – the six minute of the year, then you add the runner up for six minute of the year, like that's crazy. Like I don't see yeah. competing with that. Not even close. Not yet. Like the oh Steelers. no, I definitely, I see the Lakers doing the two P. If they don't, um, <laughs> I'm be a little yeah, I'm be we'll sad. I'm be a little sad, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna be like mm, okay. Um, and then let's wrap it up. We cover everything. Just gave everybody just a new all encompassing um perspective of how we feel about everything that's been happening updating them mm-hmm. uh fun question let's do something fun hmm, hmm. let me see let's do it uh give me 
This is ooh, what should I do? What should I do? Let's let's do a build a player. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna name attributes, um, like defense, shooting, blah, blah, blah. And you tell me from what package of that would you want to take from what player? So if I say defense, I could say Derrick Rose, for example. I'm just talking. But mm. yeah. All right. So let's start off with mentality. Hmm. I know a lot of people go with like Kobe and Mike, but I'm a LeBron fan. I just like LeBron's unselfishness, his IQ of just basketball IQ. So um, knowing where every player is supposed to be at in every position. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go LeBron for mentality. Okay. Bron for mentality. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Kobe. Okay. Um. Let's see. Next, we're going to do shooting ability. Ability to shoot. Steph. You got to go Steph. Like, you can't go wrong with Steph. I mean, Give Steph. me KD. KD? Okay. I want KD. Yeah. I love Steph, but I love KD. I don't know. KD just got it. I ain't yeah. saying Steph don't, but I love KD too. No, um, that's a good That's a good choice. Defense. Mm. Hmm. Uh... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kobe, like your young Kobe. Defensively, I'm gonna go young Kobe. Give me young Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler when he had the matchup against LeBron and with the Bulls. Jimmy Butler. Oh Chicago. yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was definitely before he developed everything. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. He to me his defense was great. Um, what else do we have? Give me mm, post moves. Hmm. I'll probably go Mike. Yeah, Mike with that. Yeah, Mike had his whole post game down pat. He was like one of the first to really develop as a guard, have a great post game. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Mike. I'm gonna have to agree with you too. Um and let's say our last one. Um being more than an athlete. Who do you who, having a brand off the court and really building for themselves, who you going with? Who would you love to model yourself after? I think LeBron, man. I think it's not even really close. I mean, <laughs> no, it's really not because, like, you look at all the things that he's done. Like, he's elevated his friend group to Rich Paul, to Maverick. Well, he, well he's make them. He's well, he has uh, helped them become pivotal parts in in their own field. He's open yeah. schools. He's you know getting scholarships for kids. He has his own. Um more than the athlete thing going on, more than the Uninterrupted, partnerships with AT&T, new Space Jam movie, so much. Shoes, got his own, he's, he, got, he got a lifetime deal with Nike, like, mm-hmm. it's not a lot of people in general doing what, what LeBron can do, so I think that you can't, like, LeBron is just, outside of basketball, is definitely the greatest player of all time. No, um... Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, you know, I'm always reading my Braun books. I'm always um, – I think there are a lot of other individuals, but I think him having a huge platform comes from the work on the court. Definitely. When you really work like that, all of that stuff – I'm not saying that he hasn't done a great job of doing it, but you're going to get noticed. Everybody going to know what you're doing on and off the court. So I would definitely model after Braun. Um, But the key to that for anybody listening or athletes who want to get there, you got to perform first. Um, there's a saying that I heard from Teddy um, Goldman, and she works with uh, Teddy Diamond, actually. 
and I forgot who she works with, but she does marketing. And she said that for athletes, when they come to her, right, she always tells them, like, um, she uses a football analogy. So when you want brands and things like that, to sort like that, for football, you got to get from one end zone to another. So one zone is the green zone and then the red zone when you get to touchdown or closer to it. So when you get to the red zone, that's when you really hone. That's when, the you know, you got to make sure you take advantage of that marketability. Always start early, but when you play and perform like that, everything follows, literally. No, that's a great analogy because no matter the person, the great personality you may be off the court, if you're not doing what you need to do on the court, then honestly, a lot of that does not matter. You know what I mean? So I, I like that analogy that she came up with. Yeah, I would definitely have to go with that. And then one more thing, y'all, to wrap it up. Something that I just can't hold back on was how Nike, talking about LeBron's brand, um, it just came out that he wanted to team LeBron. He wanted to sign Luka as his first athlete, and Nike wasn't prepared, so Luka ultimately signed with Jordan. Nike, do better. There's no reason Curry should be having his own brand and LeBron doesn't have his own. Come on, yet? Come on now. He's on shoot 17, 18? 18. Did, did, like at a certain point, this you gotta branch out. That's why Jordan gets so much money. He just signed um Taya Cooper, Jason oh, yeah. Tatum, oh, all yeah. these other individuals, like bring in that other revenue. So I hope soon, Mav, whoever, Rich Paul, whatever y'all gotta do, Brian need his own brand. ASAP. I think he'll get his own brand once he retires. I don't think they're gonna I think once he retires, he might get his own, you know, like a team LeBron, but I don't think Do you think it's because they just want to profit off him? Yeah. So I don't Mm. I think as an active player, he won't get that. Mm. I could I could see that. I just if I was Bron, I urge it. Because whatever you say to do, they're gonna do it. (laughs) Like it's it's actually a great idea because I think he's the only one that actually, you know, is doing that. Yeah, and Curry got his own. How y'all let Curry get his own? I mean, nobody wearing Under Armour, so I mean, it's (laughs) it's whatever. (laughs) It's the principle. It's the principle. Yeah, definitely. Um, Without further ado, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, So thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Looking forward to what's going to happen in season two. Might have Jalen on four four. But let me know if y'all tired of him though. <laughs> um, your fans love me. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, though. I appreciate it. Um, and we out. Let's go.